bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, hello, everybody. And we are back at the Advanced Advertising Live at the NAB Show 2017. And we're having our last interview of the day, but not the least, (laughs) with the fabulous Liza Monet Morales, who is a big Snapchat influencer. And she was just on a great panel about Snapchat. And so we're digging in deeper on the conversation. So, Liza, how did you begin your journey into becoming an influencer? Well, first and foremost, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, So I actually started in reverse. A lot of people start on social and then switch over to wanting to be on TV or, or wanting to be a content creator. So I was already on TV. Uh, as a TV host and also as an actor. And my audience really was telling me, hey, as much as we love hearing uh, what you're doing, let's say on Facebook or your favorite quote on Instagram and telling us that you're going to be on Fox tomorrow, on Twitter and, and you know the next day covering the Grammys, it all moves so fast. So can you do us a favor? Can you start a blog? And back when I started about eight years ago, only moms were doing blogs. And honestly, now I, I think it's so silly, but my first reaction was like, but I'm not a mom. <laughs> and my team was like, what are you talking about? I was like, it's the mom mafia like I can't be a part of that I'm not a mom like what are they talking about uh, and they were like you know what no new people are starting to do it without needing to be a mom you should give it a try so luckily I had saved the, dom- uh, the domain name uh, xoxoliza.com and so I'm xoxoliza with two z's please on all things social <laughs> and that's actually one bit of advice that I give everybody who wants to get in this business right. is always save your name across the board to make it super easy so I started my blog and within 36 hours I had a first deal to do a sponsored post if you will just wasn't called that back then. And that journey began. And then I thought, wow, this is a really great way for me to connect with my community. So being the tech lover that I am and an early adopter, anytime something new came on, I jumped on and really started playing around with it and experimenting with it. So uh, live stream is also my big jam. Uh, I'm the number one Latina on Periscope. So I just won best live content creator for the second year in a row at the Techlo Awards. And I was nominated this year for uh, Periscope of the Year by the Shorty Awards. And through that, uh, one thing that I've noticed with my audience and Sean Ayala, who was on earlier and who was also on my panel, what we've talked about was the form of storytelling that I found to work best is what I like to call this bird feed storytelling where you may start it on one platform, let's say on Instagram, but it takes your audience through visiting all the different platforms to see different content. And so that's what I've been able to do with Snapchat where it's integrated into a bigger part of my day, but it makes people feel like they're up close and personal and getting access to something that they may otherwise not or go on a fun adventure. And I like the way that you started off in sort of one venue and mm-hmm. expanded it out. And you mentioned a couple of other platforms. So, oh, look, there's a hummingbird that just <gasps> flew in. Oh, my God, oh my that's God. insane. <laughs> We're in the middle of a big convention center and a hummingbird, literally like Snow White, just came up to Liza. Like you're so like, you're like the, the, uh, the earth mother. <laughs> fun fact is the hummingbird, uh, that is my spirit animal. Is it real? Yeah. That is cray cray what just happened here. I know you guys can't see it, but I'm just telling you that, <laughs> that a just gave me chills just everywhere. literally came over to Liza. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> All right, but um, well, I'll compose myself. Okay. <laughs> but um, so you you are are you distributing to all platforms like everyone's been talking about, or have you also like many of your colleagues just focusing in on one or two of them? No, I am very platform agnostic and do my best to be omnichannel 
if you will, uh, so that I am present across the board because what I have found is that there's a different audience on a different platform. So I do content that speaks with them and interacts with them on that particular platform as opposed to just doing one generic piece and then uploading it across the board. Uh, obviously, there isn't that many hours in a day. So one thing I do tell my clients, whether I'm consulting for them or I'm creating content for them is what what is it that you want to do? What's your ultimate goal? Is it that you want to increase brand awareness? Is it that you're looking to sell a particular product? Once I know that, I can kind of either tailor it and say, here are the platforms I think will be work best for this particular campaign. But personally, for me as a, as a content creator, and at the end of the day, a storyteller, I know it's important for me to kind of keep my pots boiling on all these different platforms because I never know which one is actually going to be better for what I'm looking to, the story I'm looking to tell. Right. And that's, and that's smart, right? Because the, the best strategy is really choosing the right platform for the right demographic. Exactly. But, but it requires thinking and planning and work. Um, and are you doing any media buying or anything like that to build your world or are you doing it more organically? So I haven't done any media buying as of yet. Uh, organically in the way that I really do go above and beyond of not just creating content but also being of service to my community if I know that there are amazing places such as this to be able to come out and speak at and then doing a lot of collaboration. I'm really big into collaborating with other content creators uh, and also with brands as well but in a way where it's a win-win for everybody and we can share our audiences. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on so far, but as I continue to see that the business is shifting and changing, media buying is something that I'm exploring. Oh, that's great. I, I mean, I guess everyone at some point, maybe there's a special campaign you're doing or you're trying to create certain direct response from your influencers will eventually dip into that. I mean, I boost Facebook posts when I post a, a podcast, Okay. you know, and I'm, and I'm um, not the smartest on the Facebook ad campaigns. I'm yeah. always getting that. That is a whole thing. My girl, yeah. Camera Luna, has that down. Zach sucks. It is. You have to, you have to it is a thing. study it and, and yeah. know it. Just like you know what you're doing with, right. with your audience. And I always get, they always yell at me for too much text on oh, the images. Oh, okay. Yes. Because um, they reject my campaigns. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and my feelings get hurt. But you're really, like, it's just, we were talking about this earlier, that you just need to... You just need to follow their protocol. And Ryan, our um, director of broadcasting here, does a lot of this as well. Um, and he's got it down, right? You've got it down. Well, I don't know if we have it down, but uh, <laughs> we have some good data that we use to create new campaigns that, um, you know, it's, you know, A-B testing and, Always. you know, looking yeah. at what works and what doesn't. And uh, sometimes it's okay to fail because you get the data that you need to be successful. Well, I always think about it about failing forward. This is one thing I tell people that say, hey, oh, my God, I want to broadcast and I want to do live stream and I want to do Snapchat. I'm like, great. So hit start broadcast. No, but I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like. Great. You're never going to know because you can never plan for the hummingbird to pop up. Yeah, right? that was, yeah. You can never know these things are going to happen. It's life. When you wake up in the morning, do you know what's going to happen throughout right. your day? That, you that don't. Was, that was us last year uh, with Snapchat. Like We were kind of new when the influencers panel came on and talked about Snapchat. And I'm like... I have this app on my phone, but I've never touched the buttons, you know? Yes. And so uh, because of Sean Ayala, you know, and I looked at all of his fantastic artwork, I'm like, fine, I'm just going to Snapchat all kinds of weird stuff for the next however many months and see how it goes. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm sure now you love it. And now you've gone to, I mean, this is why I brought this up during our panel that I've had. And several people that were in the audience were like, oh my gosh, thank you for acknowledging that and not making me feel weird. I've had so many people come and tell me, I'm a baby boomer. I don't know how to use this or I'm a Gen I, I mean, it's, I, I do think Snapchat's interface is, is like, not as 
is intuitive. It's just not intuitive, and I, I lose it. patience. Whereas that is what I hear. We, you, musically just swipe. I know. That's what just, I learned. Just swipe. It's just all you got to do. Sense to me. You're like no. My brain's missing that piece. Now you have the Hispanic piece, which is yes. fantastic because that is the largest demographic in the U.S. Yes. And everyone knows we're becoming a Hispanic country. Um, so are you pounding more on that piece? Is everything uh, by by language? By, so by here, by bilingual. Bi- bilingual. Oh my god, I'm so, so here, tired. No, no, <laughs> it's okay. So here's the one thing that I tell everybody. So I'm bilingual and bicultural. Yeah. I'm love that and I will always own that and I am blessed to be trilingual and so I do create content I also speak Japanese so I do create content obviously in English uh, in Spanish and I am a native speaker Uh, but one thing in terms of reaching the Latino market is that we don't necessarily need you to speak to us in Spanish in order to reach us right Right. so it's a cultural thing also so even if on my shows you won't necessarily see me speak Spanish in one episode I will still somehow either bring up my love of tacos let's say or, or family interaction or something that I'm still hinting at that culture so that's part of being bicultural if you will so yeah, yeah so that is definitely a big mixture uh, and I think that's why I've been embraced so much on the Latino side yeah, yeah tacos are amazing so I'm a huge taconista this is something to be very proud of and no matter <laughs> taconista yes, I know that's a great word <laughs> yes and no matter where I am in the world taconista it is no matter where I am in the world and my audience knows this I actually had tacos in Vegas yesterday I always look for tacos and I have to say the most unique tacos that I had I was just in Israel And I had some there which were interesting. But to date, the most interesting uh, were in China next to this weird building that was not with a name but in the little corner it said taco bar and so I went in and sure enough the ambassador to Mexico that was in China was wow. there with his family that day by random oh so you know automatically the tacos have to be like, legit I hey, this is it this is it yeah so like I and of course everything was on Snapchat it was on Instagram yeah. it was on, on Periscope but I, I would think you would be under great demand by the Hispanic um, advertising agencies who are yeah. trying to do what you just said yeah. which is reach that second and third gen who are very different behaviorally than first gen correct and who have dough and who are early adopters and who are really a fabulous audience and we're starting to see broadcast television reflect that in the content yes um, and you're starting to see Latino faces show up yes. in shows as the second bananas and all of yes. that. Um, a little defaults, which is kind of nice. To yeah, have and, and it'll change again. And then the novella format, mm-hmm. which is also starting to take root in some of our comedy shows. So you're seeing it slowly happen. I would think you would be, I mean, I would hire you. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Luckily, I, I do get hired quite a bit for that because that is an expertise that I do right. love being able to bring to my clients to let them know, hey, this is what I think is going to work and where it makes sense. A perfect example this week, uh, Telemundo actually just premiered their new telenovela. Uh, which oh, I is, love the way you say that. <laughs> which is called Guerra de Idolos. And what's what she cool, said. Yes, yes. So it's basically, it's called War of the Idols, but think of Empire but in Spanish. Okay. So it's the first time that a scripted music show has been done uh, for Telenovela. Uh, right. So that's a combining of a lot of cultural yes. trends. Yes. Yeah. And so this is why I was excited. And yeah. you would be surprised how many people I had in my audience. And we did this huge campaign that reached out to me and were like, I don't speak a word of Spanish, but guess what? I watched the show. I loved it. The music was right on point. I now actually want to learn Spanish. I'm going to be watching. I was like, as you should. So it was really cool to have that. And then, of course, I had a, a lot of my Latino uh, community members reach out and be like, oh, my gosh, this show is, like, perfect. It's it's not my abuelitas type of telenovela. Like, this is one that I'd be really into. So it's like you kind of get that across the board. That's great. I, I, I definitely think you're you're sitting at the center of a storm, you know. And do, do you, uh, you may have kind of said this, but does your content change 
if you're aiming it for a Hispanic audience? Because it's visual. Yeah, it doesn't change. The only thing that happens, like when I was in Mexico, obviously, I create content that's uh, Spanglish, if you will. Yep. And But then I'll turn around and then I'll do like a dedicated post uh, on Periscope that's in Spanish completely so that people there know it. But my audience has now become very used to whether I'm on Busker, whether I'm on Periscope, whether I'm on Facebook Live. I will in the middle, especially when people are like, hey, it's, estamos aquí en México, estamos en Barcelona or something. The minute I know they speak Spanish, I will switch and I will greet them so that they feel welcome and included. And people are like, oh, that's so great. And I'm like, great, we're yeah. going to learn some Spanish today, guys. Yeah. But it I really want everyone to know it's a blend of what our world is, especially right now with where we are politically. I think it's really important to continue to help build bridges and to celebrate the differences in cultures and show that we can all cohabitate in the same space right, and right. have fun and it doesn't have to be one or the other it could be a mixture of everything just like guacamole is right oh nice mm-hmm. are you find, are you finding that um, certain social media outlets um, are more uh, centric to Latino community than other ones the example like Facebook is more popular or Twitter or what, what are you seeing so what I'm seeing is especially Latina women we like to talk so video does really well <laughs> so do Jewish so, women so yes I'm also so here's the fun fact I'm a Latin Jew so it oh is oh my god Latina I, yes I'm Jutina uh-huh. Jutina for the win is what we call it and what's really great is that I get guilt on both sides and I get the gift of gab on both sides which is fantastic uh, so you're probably a great cook I, I, I can we got that one down too <laughs> but so what we found is women Hispanic or Latina women in particular are over indexing on anything that is video related so even Twitter video but Periscope, uh, Instagram stories they're really drawn to. And so that is kind of nice to see women kind of coming forward and not kind of, but really coming forward and saying, hey, this is something that I have to offer. And not only are they engaging, but they're now venturing out to create more content. That is the one thing though that I will say is that we still need more people to create content. I'm of the believer that there's room for all of us to succeed as opposed to believing that it's a little minute 10 people and that's it. And I I was sharing this earlier offline, I was like, look, if you're the person that's coming from scarcity as opposed to a place of abundance and you're committed to never helping anybody, good luck. How's MySpace working for you? Like if there's no community, (laughs) you basically aren't going to have an industry. So you're killing the industry by having that type of philosophy. Right, right. That's a great point too. I guess you have to really... um you know, ride that edge, like right. ride that line. Well, and also fail forward, as you guys mentioned earlier, because when you try something like Meerkat, I was on Meerkat right when it came out and I loved it and I was vested in it. The one thing that I didn't like about Meerkat is that it didn't actually save to your phone, which is why I was excited when Periscope came out because right. it did save to your phone. Right. So it's like we learn as we go, but you are just moving that line forward and as you opposed have to, to be, sitting there. I mean, in it to win it. Yes. I mean, you just have to be yes. to, to be playing. And are you surprised at all by your popularity or by the adoption of sort of what your brand is? So it's been interesting. My whole concept is that I see the world through love-filled eyes. So I'm known for wearing my signature red heart sunglasses around the world. You're fantastic nails. Oh, thank you. They're she ombre. She has the most they beautiful, beautiful nails. <laughs> so I, what I am dedicated to is sharing positivity because there is so much negativity in the world and sharing the people, places, and resources sources that inspire me with the hopes of inspiring other people. And I always thought, well, if nothing else, I hope that this inspires my niece one day. She's six now. And I thought, well, one day when I have kids and she can watch my content, hopefully it'll 
help her. And what I've seen is that it's actually started inspiring the world. And I'm grateful for that. Oh my God, I love it. I love your energy and I love your whole vibe. So we've been chatting with Liza Monet Morales, who is a fantastic Snapchat influencer who sits in between the Hispanics and uh, what would you call us, uh, whiteies? What do you call us? Yeah, well, I'm a Jutina, so there you go. Okay, for all all the different cultures. Yeah, there you go. We represent. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. She's really representing, I think, the future of of, uh, our demographic in the U.S. anyway. This is our little boiling pot. Doing great work. Where can we find you at so it's at xoxo liza with two z's please on everything social and then my site xoxo liza.com oh it's so nice to talk to you and to sort of get another spin on how this world is exploding and on how you really have to be in it and have a strategy around it so we've been broadcasting live from the advanced advertising pavilion here at nab show 2017 wrapping up another full day of live broadcasting and about to open up um a cocktail hour here which those of you listening can't enjoy, but I'm sure you're all going to put down your podcasting device and go and have a beer. right? Or a margarita. <laughs> or a margarita. And we'll be back tomorrow with more in the Advanced Advertising Pavilion, NAB Show 2017. Witness the Met effect here at the Advanced Advertising Pavilion, live on voiceamerica.com. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com.